Today's daf is daf Lamed Beis. We're holding at the Mishnah at the bottom of Lamed Aleph Amud Beis. Zog Deil Mishnah. So here, the first part of the Mishnah is talking about a head-on collision. Each one is walking in Rosh Hashanah, we're going to see, with permission, and they are heading towards one another. That the beam carrier, his beam, the force of his beam, broke the barrel. Generally, we're going to see the beam is the damaging agent. The barrel is the item that gets broken. But in this case, the force was coming equally from both directions. Just happens to be that the nature of a barrel is that it breaks when it hits into a beam. So what it says over there, uh, over here, is that uh, uh, potter means the owner of the beam is not going to have to pay for damages because they both have right of way and they both are considered, they both contributed to the damage. We can't blame him more than the, uh, the owner of the barrel, and therefore the owner of the beam does not have to pay. How, very important point over here. They both are there with permission. Now, Haya Baal Hakora, Baal Hakora was reshown, the guy, the fellow carrying the beam was in front, Ubalha Chavis Achron, and behind him was the fellow carrying the barrel. Nishbara Chavis Bekora. The way we explained this yesterday was that the fellow in the front carrying the beam is walking in a standard pace that is the appropriate pace for Shusarabim. The guy with the barrel who's behind him, he sped up. And by speeding up now, it's his force that back that, that, that smacks into the back of the beam. So again, putter, because the damaging force is coming from the fellow who's carrying the barrel, and he is doing something that was deviating. He was not following the pace being set by the person carrying the beam. So he, he smashes into the back of the fellow who's carrying the beam. So the fellow, the, so the fellow carrying the beam will not have to pay. It'll be Potter. So Potter Baal Hakora. Baal Hakora is Potter. Now, Im Ahmad Baal Hakora. Now, what happens if over here the one who deviated was not the fellow in the back, but the fellow in the front, the guy carrying the beam? He deviated, deviated by coming to a stop. Now we said two shot him yesterday. That what does it mean? That he how did he deviate? So he said, according to one, he st- took a rest. You take a rest in the middle of the 101. No, you can't do that. You can't just stop there. So that's considered to be deviating. Or he took a stop to adjust his his uh, his uh, uh, beam, which is uh, in, in not in not a. Uh, necessarily a, a something that deviates, but he did not warn the fellow behind. It means you've got to put the hazards on. You have to know, notify the fellow behind if you're coming to a stop, even if it's a normal stop to adjust the beam. We had two pshatim yesterday. Chayev, so the Bala Chora is going to be Chayev because he's the one deviating now by coming to a stop. But him Amar Lebal Chavis, but if he notified the fellow behind him, the one who's carrying the barrel, Amod, he said to him, stand, stop, come to a stop, because I am stopping. 
putter, if the fellow behind did not listen and continued walking and smacked into the back of his beam, so in such a case, the owner of the beam will not have to pay for the barrel. So now this was all talking about that the beam was in front and the barrel was behind. Let's switch it now. Let's say the fellow with the barrel was in front, and the, barrel carry, the fellow carrying the beam was in the back. Right? Who was Achron? Who was behind him? So in this case, if the fellow in the back sped up and he damaged the barrel by smacking into the barrel that's in front of him. So Chayev, he's the one deviating now. He's not following the pace being set by the fellow carrying the barrel. So he is going to have to pay Chayev. Im Ahmad Bal Chavis, on the other hand, if the fellow in front came to a stop, right, and either he did not notify him or his stopping to take a rest, which is a complete deviation, in such a case, the fact that the guy with the barrel, with, with the beam, smacks into the fellow in the front, he will be potter. Now, but if he didn't notify, I am coming to a stop, so therefore you should stand still, don't go, don't, you don't move because I am coming to a stop. And the fellow uh, continued, the, the fellow with the beam continued on and broke the barrel in front of him. The fellow with the beam is chive, is going to have to pay. Now the Gemara says you can switch out this case for the barrel and beam to the case of a, someone holding a lamp and, uh, and somebody holding flax. Now which item switches out for which? So which is the damaging item is the beam. The beam is the one causing the damage. The barrel is that. The, the lamp has to be. The lamb will be the beam, and the and the flax will be there. So the the Tzvi Yodav asks, like, what's what's the chiddush? So his chiddush is like this, because you might think that a lamp being viewed as a damaging item is much greater uh, of a damaging item than a beam. A beam by you and a because it's fire. So maybe you would think that there's therefore extra liability and precaution. No. Same exact, that's what it's telling you. They have the same, whatever the, you just switch it out in the cases, and the Allah will be the same. Let's go weiter. Okay. All right, very interesting uh, take on, on that, that's going to circle down to the Mishnah. You have to really figure out what the scenario here is. The way I understand it, it's talking about a man who is married to a woman, divorces her, and then she sues him for damages. How did these damages occur? So, boy, me ne rabba barnos and miravuna. Hamazik is ishto betash mishamito. That he was too forceful in when he was being intimate with her and caused her damages. And now she wants to sue him for damages caused. Mahu. What's going to be the halacha? Kevin de Rishuska Avid, he did not force her to engage in an intimate act with him. It was, it was something that she had agreed to as well. It was with her agreement, and therefore potter, so you cannot hold him responsible. Or even after he's been given permission, he should have been a little more careful, not be so forceful to cause her the damage. So that is the Shiloh. So Amalei, so uh, Rav Huna said, why don't we bring a Raya from the Mishnah that we just learned in Baba Kama? How do you bring a Raya from Baba Kama? Tani Sua. And the first case was when it was a head-on collision. 
each one was, had brought, had, was walking towards the other one. And we said that since they both had permission to be there, you cannot hold one liable over the other one. So the Chorah, let's say the same thing. And therefore, it should be, the man should be potter. So I'm a rover. So Rava said like this, I actually disagree with your outcome. I hold that you can look to another area in Halacha, another area in the Torah, and actually make a Kalvachomer that should argue that the man should be Chayev. What's the Kalvachomer? He says like this, we know that there's a parish in the Torah, two people are walking in a forest, and one is chopping wood. And the one who chops wood accidentally kills the one that is taking a stroll picking daisies. Now, the, 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 the question is, is the wood that shot off, is the head of the, the axe shot off, but either way, either way, he's chayev. Now, let's take a look. In that case over there, they both came in with permission, and the victim did not need to notify the uh, perpetrator that I am here. But nevertheless, the fact that he is allowed to be there, we consider as if you should have known because it's considered there is a level of negligence. If it's a complete onus, you never go to Golis. You don't have to go to Golis as an onus. So there's some level of liability of negligence over here. Why? Because the fact that you know that he could have been there is as if he notified you. And if he notified you, you have now violated his airspace with your shard or with your axe head, and therefore you will chayev. Well, in this case over here, where the husband and wife are, are, are engaging in marital relations, he, he knows that she's there. She, she actually, it's not that he should have known that she's there. He knows that she's there. So therefore, in such a case, Kalva Homer, that what? Kalva Homer. That if he is too forceful, you should be liable. That's, that's, that's the Kalvachomer of Rovas. I'm a Rovah Kalvachomer. In the case of a forest, each one went in with his own permission, not having to notify the other person. That the person who perpetrated, who violated, it's as if he was notified that he, the other person's there, and therefore you knowingly, you know the person is there, and now you violated his space with your axe head or with your shard, so and your chayev. So here, the bottom line over here, a man, the body of the woman is not considered to be the domain of the man. The body of the woman is still the body of the woman. So you're entering into the domain of the victim. So when you're entering the domain of the victim, so then Kosha came, you should be fine for violating, for, for being too forceful. So look, Kosha came, all the more so, you should be held liable. So Ella, so, uh, so, uh, so the, the only problem is that if Rava is correct, right, that you bring a raya from the case of Golos, that the man should be held responsible, then how do you do with the original, we originally wanted to prove from our Mishnah. The original proof of Mishnah is when there's a head-on collision, each one had a right to be there, and in that case, you're potter, so how do you now, Bechorah, why is it now, why is it not comparable to the case of the man and the woman? So, So what's the difference? She says, I'll tell you the difference. In the case of the barrel and the, and, and the, the beam are having a head-on collision, each one brought 
an equal amount of force. Each one, it's a head-on collision. So therefore, you cannot attribute the damage to the one party over the other because together, they, it's, it's their force that is a head-on collision. That, is, that, that, that force is what created damage equally, so you cannot hold one more responsible than the other. Whereas, she's a passive entity, and the one who's considered to have been done the act is the man, so therefore he is causing the destructive force because he's the only one doing the action, she's not doing an action, therefore you can hold him liable. So says the Gemara, what do you mean we don't view it as if she's doing an action? We talk about it in a case where there was a, 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 a prohibited relationship, one of the consanguous relationships. They both are chayev. Why are they both chayev kores? The Pazuk says because they're considered that there's a kores that comes to both the perpetrating souls. Means we consider a nefesh ha'osa. She is considered an active participant, obviously. Otherwise, why are you holding her liable? Right? Someone says like this, There's no question. Pleasure, they both benefiting. They both get benefit from the act. And therefore, when she's chayev kores, she's chayev kores, even though she might be a passive participant, but she is considered to be a beneficiary of the act. And for that illegal act, she could be held responsible for being a beneficiary of the act. But nevertheless, in terms of action, when you're going to be holding one person chayev over the other one for causing damage, He's the one who's doing the perpetrating act. He's doing the force, not her. And therefore, he should be to pay. So that's how you can uh, create a a difference between the case of our Mishnah and the case case of the Shiloh, the Rabbi Barnosan, as Ravuna. Okay, let's go back to it. So we said, So we had... Two, we had two cases, in the, one in the race, one in the safer, either that the barrels in front and the beams in the back, or the beams in front and the barrels in the back. We'll see, we'll circle back to that. Now, I'm a race lokish. This we've had already twice before. I'm a race lokish. You have two cows walking through the Rishusar Rabin. Achas revutz of Achas mehalechas. One of them decided to squat down, so one crouches down now. Is sitting in the Rishul Sarabin, which is a deviation from the norm. Cows are not supposed to sit down in the middle of a Rishul Sarabin. If the cow that is still standing, that is walking, and encounters the one that is sitting down and decides to give it a good kick, and that kick causes damage to the one that is Crouch down, Petura says Reish Lokish, you're a potter. He, uh, he formulates a principle that where, where there's an initial deviation and then there's a subsequent deviation by a different party, the original deviation, the one who's Mashana, the one who deviated to begin with, cannot hold the person, the second person who deviated responsible if his animal created the first deviation. That was his principle, all right? Now, on the other hand, let's say the one that is crouched down decided to kick up and kicked the animal that was walking. 
So then, Chayeves, then the animal that, the owner of the animal that is crouched, that kicked up and caused damage to the standing animal, the animal that was, that was walking, so then you will, the owner of the animal that's crouched will have to pay the owner of the, of the animal that was standing, that was walking. So now, that's Reish Lakish's rule. So what the Gemara suggests over here is that Leim Messiah lay that Lechora, Reish Lakish in Amora, but it's always great if Ramora says a novelty or says a halacha that we can find basis for that halacha from the Mishnah. It would seem that our Mishnah supports the teaching of Reish Lakish. Now this is going to be a little confusing because Reish Lakish actually had two halachas. One is where the, the top animal kicked the bottom animal and one was the bottom animal kicked the top animal. So we have to figure which one are we bringing the proof for. And in our Mishnah, we also had two cases. We had the barrel in front and the beam in the back, or the beam in the front and the barrel in the back. So we have to know which case is bringing a raya for which one of Reish Lakish's rulings. So now, so he says, let's say that the ruling of our Mishnah supports the ruling of Reish Lakish, the Amora. What does it say? Ba'ala kora rishon, ba'ala chavis achron. So the case where you have the beam in the front and the barrel in the back, okay? Beam in front, barrel in the back. Nishbarachavis bakora. So where the barrel sped up and, 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 and hit the back of the beam, potter, because the one who deviated is the guy in the back. So therefore he's put the bad, so the, the guy in the front is potter. However, im omad, however, if the fellow who's carrying the beam in the front stopped and did not warn the fellow behind him, right? Amad bal amad bal So then in such a case, the beam, the fellow carrying the beam in the front, so then he will be chayev because he's the one who is deviating and therefore the fellow in the back smacks into him. That's not, it's not on the fellow in the back, it's on the fellow in the front. Okay, now, let's take a look over here. Our case of Reish Lakish, all right, that uh, it, 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 the second ruling of Reish Lakish is when the animal was crouched. The animal was crouched means it deviated, it crouched, it, it sat down, and it kicked up and caused damage to the oncoming cow. So what the Gemara wants to suggest, this is similar to the case where the guy with the beam stopped. Where the guy with the beam stopped, and what happened then? The fellow with the barrel smashed into the back. So in both cases, in the case of the cow, the one on the ground is Chayev, that's the one who deviated. In the case of the Mishnah, the fellow carrying the beam who stopped is, is going to be Chayev for causing bad damage to the guy in the back because he's the one who deviated. So the Gemara wants to say that these seem to be congruent cases, these seem to be equitable cases, and therefore, so therefore, in our Mishnah, that is is similar to the second ruling of Reish Lakish, where it's the crouched animal that kicked up at the Mahaleches and just as in the Mishnah's case, where the fellow who stopped with the beam, he deviated and he's higher for the barrel behind. Just as Reish Lakish said, that the animal that crouched and kicked up is higher for the oncoming cow. So that's what the Gemara wants to say would be an equitable case and actually being a raya. So Gemara says, actually, not only is it not a raya, but actually comes out being a kasha on Reish Lakish. 
Now let's, let me explain it outside and then we'll read it inside, just make it a little uh, less confusing. But the one I'm going to suggest is like this. If it actually would have been equitable, right, then the way you would have to compare the case is as follows, right? Animal, uh, animal one, that's compared to the fellow with the beam that stops, right? So here, that is equitable. They both do it, they both deviate, okay? The guy in the front deviates because he stops. The animal in the front sits down. That's, that's equitable, right? But now, in the case of the Mishnah, right? The, the person just naturally walked in. He walked into the, uh, uh, into the beam, and the guy, and now you say the guy with the beam is Chayim. But in the case of Reish Lakish, what it would have been, what it would have been equitable is if the guy, the animal behind, tripped over and got hurt by tripping over the one in the front. Then it would have been comparable that the one in the back just did something normal and the one in the front just stood there. But the case that Reish Lakish gave us was that the one that's on the ground kicked up. It's mashma, konadesh lakish. Why is the animal that's crouching chayim? Because it kicked up. Let's say it did not kick up and would have just stood still, and the animal behind would have tripped over. And got, it might have been potter. But it's, so, therefore, if anything, it's mashma a, a, from, if the, that, from the inference in Reish Lakish's case is contradictory to the case of our Mishnah. Yeah? He says, is it logical? You're trying to bring a proof over here? You, need, you, you think that this brings a proof? Not, not, not only is it enough, that it's not a proof, but in fact, it actually creates a difficulty on the ruling of Reish Lokish. How so? Time of the battle. In Reish Lokish's case, why is the cow on the ground held liable for the one that's behind it, the one that's, that's standing, because it kicked up. Ha-huzkam and megla, but implies that, let's say it never kicked up, and the, the animal that's walking just got damaged from the fact that it, it bumped into or tripped over the one that's on the ground, the implication would have been that it's potter, okay? That, that that's the case. The case that our Mishnah is a case where a no, in the, it was a normal scenario where the one in the back just kept walking normally and walks into the beam. And in that case, in our Mishnah, it says Bektani Chayev. So, if anything, the equitable case is contradictory to the case of our Mishnah because the equitable case would be if animal that's standing gets bumps into the one on the ground and that's Mashma Kornish Lakish will be Potter. Whereas in our case, the Mishnah where the barrel walks normally into the one. That's the, 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 the into the beam that came that came to a standstill. There it's mashma that the guy with the beam is chayim. So in fact, it's contradictory. It's not supportive. So one is going to suggest as follows. Let me explain it outside. What the one is going to say is like this: that there is an expectation that if somebody falls down or comes to a stop in front of you, right, you should be uh, have enough of a uh, distance that you can go around. You might not be able to come to a stop because you, you have a, but you could at least go around. So what one is going to suggest is as follows, is that the Mishnah is discussing a situation where the way the person with the beam stopped, he stopped and he blocked the entire Rosh Hashanah, means he had his beam perpendicular to the Rosh Hashanah, and therefore the guy in the, the barrel did not have the option to go around. Why couldn't he go around? Because 
Therefore, in such a case where the barrel just naturally bumps into the beam and gets broken, there you can hold the person with the beam responsible because you did not give an option to the person carrying the barrel to be able to go around. That's why in the Mishnah you are chayiv, the person with the barrel is chayiv, even though the person behind, you didn't do anything harmful to him per se, but the natural order would create a chayiv. In the case where the cow crouched and there's a cow behind it, there it was not taking up the whole Rosh Hashanah. It was on one side of Rosh Hashanah, which means that the oncoming cow would have had an option to do what? To go around. So if it did not go around, it would have tripped over, then you cannot hold, hold responsible the crouch, the cow crouching on the ground because the, the owner of that cow could have said, okay, my animal should not have crouched on the ground, but your animal should have gone around. But going around was not an option in this case. Why wasn't going around an option in this case? Not because there wasn't space, because the one on the ground decided to kick, to kick up. And since it decided to kick up, therefore, in such a case, the one on the ground is... So basically, we, it's no longer necessarily a proof to Reish Lakish, but it's not a difficulty too, because you can say they're talking about different scenarios. In the case of the Mishnah, there was no option to go around. In the case of Rishlokish, there is an option to go around. And therefore, a natural tripping over Taka, the guy one on the ground, would not have been Chayev because you should have gone around. But that option is not available in Rishlokish's scenario because Rishlokish is talking about where the one on the ground decided to do what? Kick. Uh, kick. kick. So kick, you can't say you should have gone around. Okay, that's not going to help you. Animal decided to stick out its foot and give you a kick. That wouldn't have helped. So what it says like this. So Magnisim the Paschal Urcha Keshilga. That in the Mishnah we're talking about where there was a uh, you 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 cut off the path. You you interrupt the whole path like 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 a like, like a corpse that's lying across the Shusha Robin. Right, right. The case we had yesterday. Hacha, but in our case of Reish Lakish, Kevin de Rava. The animal crouched on one side of the Rishusa Rabbim. And therefore, the, the, the oncoming animal would have had an option to go around to the other side of the Rishusa Rabbim. The only thing is, he did not have an option to do that in this case because the animal on the ground decided to kick up. And that door, therefore, you cannot say, well, why didn't you go around? I didn't go around. Your animal gave a kick. Therefore, I didn't go around. So Moses is like this. Okay. So therefore, so in, from the first half of the Mishnah, we thought we had a proof. At the end of the day, we don't have a proof, but we don't have a difficulty either because we're able to reconcile. Fine. So one says like this, Ella, save the Magnus Maybe the second half of the Mishnah could be brought as a proof for the teaching of Reish Lakish. Why? The Ktani, because what does it say in the second half of the mission? It says, rishon. Let's say the barrel is in the front. In the second half of the mission, the barrel is in the front, Ubal Kora, and the owner of the beam, the one carrying the beam, is in the back. Alright? Ubal Kora Achron. If the barrel broke because of the beam, which means the beam rushed up. Oh no, no, is that, is that the other way around? Uh, Yes, the barrel's in the front and the beam is in the back and the fellow with the beam rushed up and therefore he went f- faster than the, the pace that's being set and he bumped into the... That is high, fine. But in Ahmad is but if the barrel came to a stop and because it came to a stop, the fellow with the beam smacked into the back of the barrel. So then, Potter, the fellow carrying the beam, is Potter, because the one that deviates 
is the fellow in the front. Now, says the Gemara like this. Now, in this case, okay, this is similar to the case now where what happened was uh, that, remember the case, Reish Lakish's first ruling was that if the animal is on the ground, was that the first ruling? The second ruling was which Reish Lakish was a no, that's the second ruling. Let's say the second ruling of Reish Lakish was that the animal is on the ground and it, the, 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 the animal does not go around it, but in fact gives it a... Give the, 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 the top animal, the animal walking, kicks the one on the ground, so he says, there you're going to be chayev. Right? Even though... You're chayev, meaning the, the, the second animal that kicks is chayev. The second animal that kicks is chayev, all right? First animal just sits on the ground and doesn't do anything else. Right. You know, one second. The potter. What was the case? Let me see. Let's go back to H. Lakish's second ruling. Right. Uh, no, no. Actually, no, no. It's potter. In Rish Lakish's case, the an- the first animal sits down on the ground. Right now, if the animal on the ground kicks the one up, right. But let's say it's the other way around. Let's say the one that's on, the, walking decides to give the one on the ground a kick. Right. The one so on the ground stops, which uh, is generally a problem. That's a deviation. Except, except, except that the second one comes and actually kicks, kicks the one it. On the and, and, and he said, Potter, because since the one on the ground created the deviation to begin with, he, we don't hold the other one responsible. So now, what does the one want to compare this to? This one's compared to the case where the fellow with the barrel stopped and did not warn the guy behind. behind. The guy behind smashes into him. The guy behind is going to be Potter. So Gemara wants to say that should be an equivalent case. We'll see in a moment that it's not. But the Gemara wants to say that's equivalent because bottom line is you're saying since the one in the front deviated, so therefore we're not holding the one in the back responsible. So that would be equitable cases to where the animal crouched down and the one behind gave it a kick. So Gemara says like this. So therefore, if the one that's walking is smashing into the one that is crouching, in the case of the Mishnah, you say that the, 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 bar, the, 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 the owner with the beam is potter because the deviation was created by the guy with the barrel by coming to a stop, right? So the one says, therefore, that will be similar to the case of Rachel Lakish, where the animal that's walking kicked the one on the ground should be potter as well. On this thing, one says, one second, that's not comparable. What would be comparable would be is that let's say the second animal didn't stop in time and, and stood and stamped, stamped on the animal in front of it. Right? It, it walked on, trampled on the one in front of it. That's the it same as the, right. That's the same as going in for the beam going into the barrel. But you're creating a bigger chiddush. You're saying is that the animal didn't just naturally stand or stamp on it. The animal decided to go ahead and kick it. Who says that that should be putter? That's not a proof of our mission. Our mission is talking about normal course of the banging into one another, not intentionally. I that would be like, the guy with the beam turning it or something. You say, right, right. You, you, you know, guy pulls out in front of you. You just speed up and ram into him. That, that, who says you'll be potter in such a case? Right? Someone says like this. In the case of Amish, we're talking about where the uh, collision was done in a natural way, that the one behind naturally 
kept walking and bumped into the one in front of him. Ha'achi, but in the Reish case, Amar Lei, the owner of the, the crouch, the animal that's crouched on the ground, say, even if you want to tell me you had a right to trample on my animal, I could hear that. My animal should not have sat down. Your animal had a right to trample on top of my animal. But what right do you have that your animal should go ahead and kick my animal. Someone says like this, but you don't have rishus, which means that you don't have a proof. It's not equivalent to the case in our, in the second half of the Mishnah. Rishlokish is saying a bigger novelty. Rishlokish is saying is since the one on the ground deviated, it allows even the one on top to deviate and still be considered potter. That's already a big chiddush. We don't know that that would be uh, something that you have, uh, you can draw it from. That's Rish Lakish's position, but you can't say he drew that information from the second case of our Mishnah. All right, let's go right to this famous Gemara over here. The author of the Lechadodi based himself on the Shlomo Alkabetz. Everyone go to the Shul in Tzvas. Yeah, there's a shul where the Beis Yosef used to daven and the Baal Chadoidi used to daven. You haven't been there? In Tzvas? Probably haven't. Probably right, that's the shul. They, 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 he was the Chazen, he was the Rav, and he was the Dayan. I mean, shul in Tzvas. Anyway, we're going to say, Shnaim Shnaim Shayu Mahalchim Rishus HaRabim. So there is a question how to read this Mishnah. Some say that this is an opening statement means we're dealing with two people that are walking or, or, or traveling in Rosh Rabin. Now, that's the main statement. And now we're going to see what was their disposition. All right. Echad Ratz Echad Mahalach. One was running and one was walking. Or both of them are running. So really there's two cases. The opening statement, some learned, no, there's three cases. The opening statement is the first case. Two people are walking in Rosh Hashanah. Or one is walking, one is running. Or two are running. Okay, that's the third case. Now, the Girsa here of the Taisvis and the Bach bases it as well. It's not the Heziku Zedze. Heziku Zedze implies that they are purposely damaged one another. It's not that the Husku Zedze, that became damaged, means there was a collision and one of them got damaged by the other. All right, that's the case. Shnei and Peturin, both parties are considered to be Potter. Now, let's understand this for a moment. The natural disposition for Rishus Rabim, you would think, is walking. Not necessarily running. running. Running should be viewed as a deviation. Okay, so we'll discuss that. Says uh, the, uh, the Gemara that at first glance, our Mishnah does not follow Isi ben Yehuda. Why not? The sign is ben Yehuda Omer, Ratz Chayev, if you run in Rishus Rabin and your running causes someone to be damaged, you're going to be held liable. Because in Rishus Rabin, running is a deviation. That's a very important rule in the laws of damages. The one that deviates is the one that's responsible. So therefore, he holds running Rosh Hashanah is not appropriate. You run Rosh Hashanah, you are considered responsible. So therefore, our mission says not like that. Because our mission says where one is running and one is walking, they're both butter. So it's like this. However, very interesting. What Isi ben Yehuda does agree with is that 
if it's on Erev Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos, people, you have to, you have to know, be aware, people are going to be running, everyone's running, so therefore, Bein Hashmashas, now this is going to be important, he says if it's Bein Hashmashas, Bein Hashmashas means, it's like after candle lighting, right, it's after candle lighting, candle lighting is supposed to be before Bein Hashmashas, so therefore, if it's, if it's after candle lighting, Bein Hashmashas, Shul Potter, there the damage caused by running will be Potter. Because in Rishus Rabim, running is considered to be running with permission if it is Erev Shabbos Ben Now, but our Mishnah seems to be not like that. Because our Mishnah says that even with it, it doesn't seem to be talking about Erev Shabbos, and nevertheless it says you're Potter if you ran and somebody else walked. Comes along, Amrav Yechon, and he said, Allah is in Yehuda. Is if you would have got it right. That's the halacha. During the week, you're chai for running on Erev Shabbos, Ben Hashmashas, you are potter. Says the Gemara, me, I'm Rabbi Yochan, how Rabbi Yochan, you say such a thing. I'm Rabbi Yochan and Allah Gustav Mishnah. We know that Rabbi Yochan throughout Shas Paskin is like an anonymous Mishnah. And our Mishnah that we just had here on Lamed Bays in Baba Kama is a Stav Mishnah that says that you're potter from running in Rishus According to Isabel Yehuda, you're chai for running. So how could Rabbi Yochan and then Paskin Allah like Isabel Yehuda? Non, our star Mishnah says, Echad Ratz Vechad Mahalif, or Jeshneim Ratzim, Peturim. Says the Gemara, the way Rabbi Yochanan understood our Mishnah, Matnisim, the Erev Shabbos, Bein Hashmoshos. He learned that the case of when one is running and one is walking is talking about Erev Shabbos. That's why you're Potter. That's what the Mishnah is talking about. You're right, under normal circumstances, Sunday through Thursday, you run and somebody else is walking, you're going to be higher. Our Mishnah is talking about Erev Shabbos. Says me, my, how do you see that? Where do you see that in our Mishnah? That's a big stretch. The Mishnah never mentioned anything like that. So he says like this, it is a, a, a wonderful chak. He says like this, ask yourself a question. If you already tell me, if one is walking and one is running, the damage, you're potter from the damage created, then why do you have to tell me the next case where they're both running? Meaning, if one is walking and one is running, you could have said the one is running is responsible because he deviated. Nevertheless, he causes damage to the one that's must walking. Must be some specific case then. No, no, no that's right. then what do you have to write the case where they're right, both the running one. for? So it must be there is something missing here that allows us to have all three cases. The one says like this. Since it has case number two or case number three, where they're both running, so that they're peturim, why do you have to have that additional case? If one is running and one is walking, it's potter. So what do you have to have the case where they both are running? So obviously what's missing in the piece that's missing is as follows. It's true, when one is running and one is walking, it's potter, but that's not in all cases. When is that true? That's only that does that make sense. But it would be a weekday, so then would be Chayef. Unless in the weekday, but Shneim Ratzim, where both are running during the weekday, so then so then you even then then you'll be potter. Now that already explains why you need to case number three without even though you had case number two. Let's go back to Amar Mar. Now, the one I ask a very good question. Generally, 99.99% of the time, people are going to have everything ready for Shabbos before Ben Hashmashos. Means if you're rushing on Erev Shabbos, you're not rushing Ben Hashmashos, you're rushing to get the Cholent, you're rushing to get the, That's not happening Ben Hashmashos, you're not even allowed to do Malocha at that point in time. So why does the guy need to be rushing Erev Shabbos Ben Hashmashos, right? So what it says like this, 
What are you doing, Bershus? What do you need to be doing that it's considered to be Bershus? Says This used to be the minute. I actually have with the Moroccans today. That's how they start Kabbalah Shabbos. They start, everyone turns around and faces out. They used to go out to the fields. Back in the day, everyone used to go out to the fields and with the setting of the sun, they all used to pronounce, they used to say, They would announce, let's go out and, uh, and, and, and accept uh, and greet the Kala Malkasa, the Kala the Queen. Amri Lo had a different version. Likras Shabbos Kala Malkasa. In fact, the Chadori of the Sephardim has it says, uh, says Shabbos Kala Malkasa. Ashkenazim don't say it that way. Rabbi Yana he used to wrap himself the Koy and he used to stand up. Amar Boy Kala Boy Kala. But the point it's saying is what they're running towards is they're running to go greet because you want to get it. The Benish Masha is when you want to go. That's what you're running towards. Now it's very interesting. So therefore, there's a question here on the postgame. So what about a guy at 9 o'clock in the morning is running and he, he's going to, to, to buy the cholent? So they say, if you have time throughout, later on in the day to do what you're doing, you can't claim that that's why I was running. It has to be specific. The Cambridge is closing. If I don't get it, it has to be something specific that you won't have time, but you're doing it because of Shabbos. Then you can have the exemption as I, I was running because of that. Okay, let's go back to it. Anyway, that's the line of Shlomo Alkabatz, who the composer of Lechadodi, that's where he got it from. All right. Mishnah. We have a situation over here. Somebody is chopping wood in the Rishusa Rabbim, right, which you're going to see he shouldn't be doing to begin with. But what happened was a shard, a shard of his wood shot out the Hizig Rishusa Yachid. It went over the fence and hit somebody in the Rishusa Yachid. The other way around, somebody's chopping his wood in his own backyard, Rosh Yochid, and a shard shot up and hit somebody over the fence in Rosh Harabim. Or what happened, Rosh Yochid, and it went over the fence to your neighbor's Rosh Yochid, went from one Rosh Yochid to another Rosh Yochid. In all these cases, you are Chayim. Now this is Baba Kama, so obviously we're talking about damages. We're talking about damages, that's gonna be the focus. Now, the one case that's left open, all right, which Arya Friedman asked me last cycle, is why doesn't it have the case from Rosh Rabim to Rosh Rabim? And as I answered him, because it's gonna be clear that that's not necessary to write. Once you understand why we have these three cases, you don't have to have that one. But we do need to know why do you need to require three scenarios to teach me that you are Chayim. But Tzricho, all three scenarios are required. Because if you would have had the case, the first case, that a person's chopping with Rishus Yachid, but he's a Rishus Rabbim and damaged Rishus Rabbim, Mishum Deshchichi Rabbim. Because the bottom line is that chopping in Rishus Yachid, actually that was case number two, but chopping in Rishus Yachid, and you're up next to Rishus Rabbim, you should take into account the fact that if it goes over the fence into Rishus Rabbim, there usually is a lot of people over there. So chances is anything that you chop that clears your fence is going to cause damage. So he says, therefore you're negligent. Therefore I understand you are responsible for the negligence because of what you created. That I would understand. But let's say you're shopping at the side of Rishus Rabbim 
And usually in Rishus HaYachid, you don't usually have people in Rishus HaYachid. So you might think that so if it actually went from the Rishus HaRabim into Rishus HaYachid, maybe there's no expectation of people being in Rishus HaYachid, and therefore that's an onus, and therefore maybe in such a case, Taka, maybe you should hold that you're a potter. Right? So therefore, Delosh Chichi Rabim, I'm alive, maybe you're not going to be held responsible. Now, let's say we had the case, only the case of Rosh Hashanah, which was our first case in the mission. Right? So you can say over there you're Chayev, right? Why over there you're Chayev? Why would you think that's worse than Rosh Hashanah, If anything, Rosh Hashanah, you should expect people. But Rosh Hashanah, we don't expect people, and you're still Chayev, so why do I need the other way around? I'll tell you why. Because the person chopped from Rosh Hashanah, he's deviating. What is he deviating from the norm? You should not be chopping. So therefore, I'd say, you know why you're chayev? Because you're not, you were, you, you, maybe you should not have expected necessarily people to be Rosh Hashanah, but you deviated by being negligent by chopping Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, Mishum to me, Korosh, Rosh Hashanah, you did something without permission. Maybe that's why you're chayev. When you're chopping in your own backyard, which is doing it with permission, and it goes Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, you do it, you chop with permission, so therefore, maybe such a case, we do consider it more of an onus than negligence from Yachid to Rabin. Therefore, because you, you don't expect it, you, you're, 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 you're chopping with Rishus, right? You're chopping with permission. So therefore, maybe you should be potter, aim alone. So I understand why you need both those cases. You need Rabin to Yachid because there you did something wrong by chopping. Yachid to Rabin, you did something wrong by not, real, by, by not taking care, that, that it's going to go into, into Rishus Aram where a lot of people are there. But now, I understand why you need those two cases. So, so now, if you only had those two, each one has a fault. One is because there's a lot of Rabim in the Shusha Rabim, you should have been careful with that. And the other one chopped without permission. But you have neither of those problems. Why do you have neither of those problems? One, I'm chopping with permission. Right? Number two, if it's not expected to go into Rosh Hashanah to damage someone, because you don't expect people to be in the next Rosh Hashanah next to you, all right? So therefore, you have neither of those faults. So maybe in such a case, you should be potter. That's why we have the third case in the Mishnah, that even Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, all right? So therefore, the Lo Shechich where you don't have a lot of people, and you're doing it with permission, so Ema, you might say, you should not be held liable, that's why we need to have the third case as well, which now we understand. So why doesn't it have the fourth case of Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah? Because in that case, you have both faults. Number one, you do without permission. And number two, you should be aware that it's going into a place with a lot of people, so you don't even have to write that fourth case. That's posh you're going to be chayv in that case. Let's go weiter. Tan Rabbonin. Hanichnas l'chanusoy shel nagar. Person trespassed. He went into a carpenter's store, shalo without asking permission. All right? Venitze bika and a, a chip, a, a, a splinter from the carpenter's chopping is, is what they call those machines that, you know, with the, the blade, uh, right? And, 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 and a splinter goes off the top cloud part of and hits the trespasser, trespasser in the face, right? Now, Tosvus says, don't have the gears of Macea, and he died. Because Tosvus is going to say, we're going to see over here, we're talking about damages, all right? So not, not, not. So therefore, so Agmor has the gears of mace, potter. Now if you have the gears of mace, that potter, the potter from what? For sure you're not chayv murder. So what might be potter? 
from exile, from Gergalus, right. If you don't know, if you don't take, you take that word out, then it could mean maybe Potter from some level of financial liabilities. We'll see exactly, I'll tell you how Rashi learns it. But anyway, the point is, the guy trespassed, he didn't have permission to be there, and you damaged him. Now, but im nichnas bershus, but if the person asked permission, he rang the doorbell, you buzzed him in, okay? And now, a splinter shot off, so then you are chayev, you're responsible. Now, the one says, my chayev, what are you chayev for? So, Amrab Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, chayev bedalet dvarim. You're chayev for four out of the five things. The one you're not chayev for is embarrassment. Because embarrassment, you have to sh- have show clear indication you meant to harm the person. If you didn't mean to harm the person, you can't chayev for embarrassment. But four out of the things, five things, you're five. So, that's how Rashi actually learns it. Rashi learns, you, if you knew he was there, you're chayev, because that level of negligence, you're chayev for all four. If you did not know the person is there, you're not chayev for all four, Rashi says, but you will be chayev for Nezek. Because a person, Adam is, Rashi says, a person is chayev even for onus. Even if it's, uh, even it was not, avo- it, was, it was unavoidable, you're still chayev for Nezek. Adam would la'olam. So Rashi learns when it says putter before, when you did not know what the guy is, the guy is there, you're chayev for damage. It's very interesting, Rashi here says, you're chayev for damage. It seems from Rashi, that you knew the guy was there. The guy came in without permission and he trespassed because the Chorah, if you did not know the guy was there at all, it's very hard to hear that I should be chayev for damages in such a case, right? But and so, so, so Raji says like this, that the guy trespasses, even though you know he's there, you cannot be chayev for all four damages or five for sure not. But one might be, you might be chayev for Nezen. But if you knew the guy was there, then you're chayev for all four, you're just not chayev for Boshes. Potter. Now, but you chayev, so he learns chayev means that it's uh, on, on damages, but potter me golos. You'll be exempt from golos. Now let's understand why this is. You knew the guy was there. Obviously you did not mean to harm him, but now he dies. You're potter from golos. Why would you be potter from golos? This is not, we're not always trespassing. This is talking about where you knew that he was After, there. Why are you chayev for embarrassment in that case? You're not chayev for embarrassment. You're not, four out of the five. The one you're not chayev for is oh, embarrassment. Yeah, I'm talking about you're, you're, All you're right. not, you're, you're, so says Rabbi Yossi Brachanino, the reason why you're not going to be chayev for golos, because it's not comparable to the classic case of, 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 of uh, golos. The classic case of Gullus was where both of them went into a forest. They had both permission to be there. Right. All right? Now, what's the, why is it not comparable? The guy asked you permission to come in. So why is it not comparable? He says that... Uh, in a forest, you don't have to ask permission. Each one is going into the domain that he has a right to be there. So in such a case, that's where you're chayev, where you end up uh, killing a person accidentally. But in this case, the person had no right just to walk into your store. He had to ask permission. He's Since he has to ask permission. So therefore, zeh l'reshuz chaveira nichnas. So therefore, so therefore, it's not comparable. So Rav is going to say, one second, that makes it a kalva chomer that you be chayev. Not, that, that's not a reason, let's see, explain in a moment. Well, you should be chayev over there, not potter. Right. To Gaulus? Yes, you have to go to Gaulus. Well, let's see, let's see, let's see. So I'm either Rav or Rabbo. 
Kal v'chomer. What do you mean? It, 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 it's, 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 if, you're, if you go to Golis in the case of Ya'ar, you should for sure be held negligent over here. Then you're trying to say that it's less than the case of Ya'ar because here you, you didn't have permission to go in. You had to ask permission to go in. If anything, it should make it worse, not better. Why? He says like this. Umay Ya'ar, like this. In the case of Forrest, the guy doesn't have to come and ask you permission to be there. Yet you are still responsible to know that he's there. Right. For sure, you for sure you should be held negligent. That's it. That's what you're right. So says like this. Each one went in with their own knowledge that they're there. They didn't have to notify anybody else that they are there. Nevertheless, you need to be aware there might be someone else there, and therefore it's considered you violating his rights. By, by harming him. So therefore, it's as if he did notify you. You're supposed to deal with it as if he did notify you. In this case, he did notify you. You gave him permission to come in. That if anything, in this case, so actually the reason you don't go to Golis over here, not because it's not as bad, it's because it's worse. Because we know that you only go to Golis where it's a shogek. But this is more closer to the amazing. You, that he told you he's there and you still didn't careful. That's the reason you don't go. I agree with you, you don't go to Golos. Not for the reason you gave. The reason you're going to go to This guy doesn't deserve the Kapora of Golos. He doesn't get right. In fact, there are some sheikas that when you don't get to go to Golos, the Gola Dam can run and kill you and you don't have a place to run and hide. So therefore, it's worse than Golos. Right? And behind the time of Yosef Hanina. And this is the way to explain the reasoning from Yosef and Galila. Not because it's not like Yar, because it's not as bad as Yar. It's not like Yar, it's actually worse than Yar. Because it's a Shogeg that's closer to Amazed, and a Shogeg called Amazed, you don't get the right of Golos. Golos is a Kapara, you don't get the right of that Atonum. It can't be executed. It's not a full-fledged maze, there was no warning, there was no... But it's enough that it's close to maze, that what? That you don't deserve to get colors. So it says the more like this. Masiv Rav, Rav has the following question. Case is as follows. We know that when they give Malchus to a person for a certain Averis, so based in, they did it in multiples of three. They have to assess him, mm-hmm. and in multiples of three. So because uh, you have to go to the, you have to get like a physical. Because not everyone can do 39 lashes, right? So someone does 13, someone does 26, 13 is a multiple of 3. Someone does 12, someone does, does uh, 26, 15, uh, 26. But that's, that's what you have to do. Now what happens over here is the agent who's giving the lashes added one more, and the guy died, right? Now we see, what I was gonna say, in that case, if the guy dies while you're doing what he was assessed for, then you don't go to Golos. You're doing the, 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 the bidding of based in, that's considered to be an onus, that's not considered to be a, But let's say you did one more. more. He's, supposed to get, uh, he's supposed to get 12 and you did 13, and then he dies. So now what would you say? So he'd say, I could argue that that's maybe close to Mazin, because you went above what the doctor said he could handle. Yet we're gonna see you do go to Golos. So what Rob is gonna ask a question, you just got through saying if it's a shoga close to amazing, you don't get to Golos. So why in this case does he go to Golos? That's the question. So when says like this, so Masiv Rava, Hosiv because he gave one additional scrap. Umais and the person died. I raise a goal, the Shlich Basin has to go to Golos. Al Yodo, because of through this act that he that the guy died. Is this not a case of Karl Shogamaz, is he? 
You should have known. Doctors say you can only handle that amount. One more strap could kill the guy. And you still gave him one extra. So they have its color of the amazing. You should not get to go to, go to Golos. If you say show color of the amazing, it doesn't go to Golos. Bektani Arez of Golos. Yes, it said that he goes to Golos. The case wasn't that he knew it was 12 and he decided, ah, you know, one, one for good luck. It wasn't a case where he did one for good luck. He made a mistake in the count. And then a mistake in the count, that's not Karav Lameza, that's a shogig. Right, that's a shogig, okay? Not everyone, not everyone went to a good school. So the Bible is like this, so therefore, he made a mistake in the count. So what it says like this, the Tai Biminyana. That's what the Shimi wanted to answer Rava. So Rava was not happy with the answer. He took his shoe off, and he hit him with a shoe. Some say he actually kicked him. They kicked him or hit him with a shoe. Why? Because he said like this, the agent is not the one that counts. You can't tell me that the agent made a mistake in the counting because that's not how it went. He wasn't the guy that did the counting. Because I'm a lay atu who money is he the one that does the counting? My time you learn in Masechus Brisa, in Masechus Marcus, is Godel Shebedayonim, the greatest of the Dayonim, the one who's most important. Kore, he would read a certain psukim they would read. In fact, I remember reading some. I think it was the Ran. He says that they used to read the psukim. He used to they used to count the psukim who rachum. Has 13, that, 13, who, Rachum, Yechaber, 13 by the mikvah, by the Lubavitch, by the mikvah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why, and they used to give Malchus after Mincha, which is why we start Mairiv, Vuhu Rachum, because that's, that's when they used to give. I remember reading that, but you're right, they, by, the, the people have a minute, Erev Yom Kippur, when they give each other Malchus, they say, Vuhu Rachum, Yechaber, anyway, so anyway, the God of the he would read the Psukim. Hashani Mona, the next greatest of the judges, would be the one counting. The third one would say, hit him. And he would hit, but he doesn't do the counting. So how can you say that his shogag was that he messed up the counting? So El Amrav says, no, what I mean to say is like this. He's the Tar Dain and Gufe, that the, the Dayan made the mistake in the counting, and therefore, and he followed the number, and that's why he hit him the extra one. Ah, you could ask yourself, then why is it even a shogag? That, right, because you still have to keep your own count. You shouldn't rely just on the counting of the dying. You should have made your own count. So it's easy. It's a, it's a clear-cut shogeg, which is why he goes to go. All right. May survey the the following question. It says, Azorik as the And the simple shot is he threw a stone from his house into Rishusarabim for Harag. Harez and Gol, he goes to Golas. Now the Chorah, you throw a stone into Rishusarabim, that should be close to Mezid. That should not be... So, ha-ha-ha, the Shogar of the Mezid, who? The boy should have realized that a lot of people walking around Shusha Rabin, and he should be uh, should not go to Golas. So what happened to the ruling that we said before? And either Rabba or Rabba said that a Shogar of the Golas doesn't get to go to Golas. A Shogar of the Mazin does not go to Golas. This is this is how do you get a this is a classical case of a Shogar that's closer to a Mazin by throwing a stone into the Rishusha Rabin. So Amrab Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Besozer's coast. The case over there wasn't he threw a stone. He was knocking down his wall and he knocked his, down his wall into the Shusarabim and somebody died on the other side of the wall. So Iboyle, Iyune, someone says, one second. He should have been, <laughs> you knocked down a wall in the Shusarabim, you should have made sure that what? There's no one on the other There's side. No side. So that still should be considered close to amazing. So what is it, Belial? It was at night. So what if it's at night? Belilah, Nami, Boyle, you at night. You should also check. So what is it tonight? Oh, tonight, I don't assume anyone's there. What do you mean? You, that's amazing if you didn't go check. So Moana says like this. Now, what happened was, it was by day, but you did it into a garbage dump. 
was into a garbage dump. Now, garbage dumps back in the day also served as bathrooms. Right? People go to the bathroom in the bathroom. Now, hi, Ashba, hey, Chidami, what's the stat, what was the, na- the nature of this, the status of this garbage dump? If lots of people would go there because it was a public facility, then there's no difference in dumping it into a Shusharabim and dumping it into a garbage dump. Right? It's amazing, though. You're still considered close to amazing and should not go to Golos. And if it's a place that people never used at all, so a, 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 a garbage dump that's not used only when they dump garbage, then you can say, Lechora, it's, it's really kind of honest. It's not, a, it's not a shogun. That's a shogun honest. No one was supposed to be there. Right? So then honest too. You shouldn't go to Golos either. The case is discussing, it's It was a garbage dump that people used to go, it was close to the city, so people used to go to the bathroom at night. They wouldn't go by day, because you could see people there by day, and you know what, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, private. But but there were sometimes in cases of emergency, a guy can't wait to get out of the city, and therefore would have to go, sometimes would have to go by day as well. Sometimes they go there and sit there, right. You can't call him a because this generally was not used by day, so it's not considered part of amazing. It's not considered to be a complete honest either, because there are sometimes... That people use it. People sometimes use it by day. And therefore, this is considered to be a classical shogeg that this is the case where he threw a stone into a shusarab, it's about a case, into a public dump that was sometimes used, but not generally. And that's the case where you go to Golos. I will continue this tomorrow.